You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hi, it's Wade Zaglis here, the education editor for both Campus Review and Education Review. Today I'm talking to Professor John Hattie from the University of Melbourne. In 2008, his book, Visible Learning, became a teaching and learning bible of sorts for many educators, with its emphasis on making learning explicit and the effect sizes of different practices and conditions. But by virtue of being in the Australian education system for decades, he is also acutely aware of the sorts of issues educators, students and universities will encounter this year. Professor Hattie, this has been a challenging year, both academically and socially, for all school students, particularly those from Victoria preparing for the Year 12 exams. Would you recommend that Year 12 students in particular stick with remote learning for the rest of the year, say, if they're in Melbourne, even if conditions improve? Why or why not? Look, Wade, absolutely we need to find and encourage every Year 12 student to stick with the learning, whether it be remote or however it's been done. Uh, This is a pretty critical year for them. And, yes, we're very aware of their effects. And you talk about social and that's probably one of the biggest losses I'll have is that social side of things. And year 12 is a rite of passage. Mm. It is a passage from school to kind of young adulthood. And there are lots of things that they do in those years. And that's the sad part that a lot of that will be missed. But in terms of the learning, like everybody is aware that this is an unusual year. Not as if it's happened, not happened before. Like we've had many thousands of students who have been distance learning over the last many years in year 12 uh, VCE. Overseas students, remote students, students even in Melbourne who can't get their favourite subject in the school they're at. So we know already that it can be done this way. We know teachers and schools are very good at replicating the protocols in face-to-face over the, over the internet, getting study periods and checking in. And so that's for, and, and just today, the minister here at Victoria announced um, some ways in which they're going to look at VCE this year and look at a estimated score, kind of like what the ACT has been doing for many years. And if the students do better in the final exam, they get the higher of those two scores. Now, that, that's a really good thing to take into account. But when this has happened in many other situations, like in earthquakes or hurricanes or strikes, um, the students actually often do better. Because what happens is teachers switch from saying, come to my class and I'll teach you what you need, to let's listen to actually what this individual student needs right now and how do we focus and triage and do good diagnosis. Mm. So in many senses, students may be better. But I want to point one last thing, Wade. Those students who are doing VEC who intend to go on to tertiary, not all of them, but some of them, tertiary for the last many years have been using distance and online as a kind of norm. So what an incredible preparation for what's going to happen to them when they go into an X sector. And even when they go into the VET sector or into any kind of work that requires upskilling. Doing stuff by yourself on the net is the norm in that area. I'm not pretending that it's going to be necessarily easy, and there are some students who will be seriously disrupted with the lack of access to resources. But in general, this is the year for them to take this as an incredible opportunity to learn how to regulate their own learning, take more control over their own learning, and be much more prepared for whatever comes ahead of them in the future. So keep to it. 
make sure you use this as an opportunity. Are you aware of how COVID-19 affected states, particularly Victoria and New South Wales, are going to calculate ATARs or university entry scores this year? Do you suspect an alternative or blended method of calculating this will be used? Well, we've got to remember that the way of doing ATAR, remember it's, it's, it's a percentile distribution. And so whatever a student gets, say, 99% this year, it will be exactly the same to the decimal point as 99% of the previous years. That's how it works. And so the other problem, other issue is that certainly in Victoria, in terms of ATARs, every state, they do it on a state-by-state basis, given the population of year 12 students. So I don't think there's any need to necessarily change how they calculate the ATARs. Mm-hmm. What they may need to do and what they have just announced today is they may look at alternative methods for calculating what goes into the ATAR, and that's a very helpful move to try and re- reduce the stress of some students. Mm-hmm. But given 40% of the students use ATARs to get into university now, and many universities have bypassed ATAR for all kinds of interesting reasons. But I don't think it's going to have that kind of dramatically negative effect. Yeah, those students who try and get into high demand subjects, you know, 99% and percentiles and greater, you know, quite frankly, up there it's a lottery anyway because of it, it comes down to the decimal point, which is not accurate at all in terms of the kind of things we do at, at year 12 and ATAR. Yeah. Uh, but that's within that particular level. That's going to be no different this year for any other year. So, yes, I think there are some alternative methods that are being uh, announced uh, right at this moment, uh, but the fundamental principle will stay the same. One of the problems I've thought about lately is how educators uh, can guarantee parity this year across the different jurisdictions, not in terms of scores necessarily, but in terms of real learning. For instance, I believe places like the NT have had no remote learning, whereas Victoria has had a lot of it. And I know that you say uh, remote learning can be it can be just as effective, but it's the interruptions I'm concerned about that. What are your thoughts on this? Well, what an incredible experiment to look at what differential effects it has in states like Victoria compared to, say, Northern Territory, South Australia, where they have hardly had any uh, of the remote learning. Um, that's one part of it, and you know, my prediction is that, they, if anything, it certainly won't do worse. They might actually do better because of the nature of the teaching changes, the nature of the learning changes. Students became much more efficient. We saw a report come out of Queensland this week from Donna Prendergast uh, interviewing Year 12 students where many of them have found it's much more efficient to do the learning at home. And when one of them commented to me a while ago that a uh, parent saying that the year 12 student only spent two hours a day learning, my comment is that's possibly more than the six hours they did when they went to school. So that new word efficient is coming into the equation as well as the factors. So I think we need to have a reasonably open mind in terms of guaranteeing um, what's going to happen here. In terms of parity, like universities for the last decade have used multiple indicators for students coming into university. And they are very aware that COVID may affect some students. So my prediction is that they will use the balance of measures they have, looking at the students' achievements at high school, looking at their ATAR, looking at other measures, and certainly in my field in teacher education, looking at some of the uh, personal and dispositional communication kind of variables. And that's what they've been doing for many, many years. I, I don't think it's going to be any different from this year to next year. Professor John Hattie from the University of Melbourne, it's been a pleasure speaking to you for um, Education Review. 
Thank you, Wade.